now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to the Two Guys at a Mic Show Midweek Wednesday here at the TalkZone.com. It's our baseball preview show today. Forget about those two or three games played over in Japan. It's the North American Baseball Opener today. St. Louis Cardinals at the Florida Don't Call Miami Marlins. We'll talk about that. Women's basketball season came to conclusion yesterday. The always exciting Par 3 tournament at the Masters today. We had the big Wisconsin primary do a little sports guide talk Politics says it looks like it's going to be Mitt Romney versus Barack Obama in an extremely, on this show we don't call it contentious David Cohn, we call it, or David Olson, we call it contentious. A very contentious election coming up. We got tornadoes in Dallas, we got all kinds of stuff. By the way, that's not the soccer team, that's actual tornadoes. 888-463-6748, but first and foremost, it is baseball opening day, the big dog tried to convince us that the two games over in Japan were actually a good thing. Nobody even knew it actually happened. Today, today, my friends, is baseball opener. It's the Cardinals at the Marlins. And it's the big dog, Joe Redwanski, joining me here on the two guys at a mic show. Big dog, how are you? Baseball starts, my friend. Uh, doing absolutely phenomenal. I wish there was baseball on all day. This is my last, like, week of, like, doing nothing. Well, I shouldn't say doing nothing. I've been trying to, like, write and get this whole this year, man, thing uh, going for us, coach. But... I, I, I cannot wait for baseball to start. And I'm looking out um, in the backyard. It's sunny out. I was already outside today. It's pretty nice out. I can imagine mm-hmm. in about three hours it'll be beautiful. Just to let everybody know that tomorrow's game for the Chicago Cubs, this is no joke, it's predicted to be 38, windy, and wet. Woo! Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. So there you go. I don't know if I'm as into it as you are. If it were a relationship, it sounds like you're ready to jump into bed on the first date. I mean, you're ready to go for the whole Kazam. I am going to... Uh, this isn't I'm, jumping into bed on the first date. This is reunited with okay. a long-lost true love. All right. All right. Well, if I'm being reunited with a long-lost true love, and I probably didn't love it quite to the level of you, I'm going to need a little whining and dining for it. I'm going to be needed to take it out to dinner. I'm into it, but not fully entrenched. And I guarantee you... Big dog, the 38-degree weather tomorrow is not going to help me get uh, into it any more than right now. But it is the baseball season starting. Yeah, it's, it's Chicago. I was just pointing out the fact that we know that today and Friday are going to be much nicer than tomorrow, which is the Cub opening day. It's just a Chicago tradition. It's year in, year out. We mm-hmm. know that it's going to happen exactly like that. Yeah, so. Sad but true. The White Sox open up on Friday. They'll be at Texas. Temperature should be a little bit warmer. Miami. Marlins, not the Florida Marlins anymore. They tee it up to open up the season tonight, Big Dog. I have not seen the starting pitchers. Is it a Josh Johnson going for the Miami Marlins, a Carlos Zambrano, maybe a Mark Burley? You know what? I don't know who's pitching for the the Marlins. Their best pitcher is Josh Johnson, but he only has 120 innings in him. And if they want to win the World Series, they shouldn't, he shouldn't start pitching until August 15th. How about a Ricky Nolasco? Or if you really want to go wild, go, uh, you know, take a vacation at Annabelle Sanchez. 
Well, you know what? Any of all those guys are quality number two starters in the major leagues. Mm-hmm. As, Carlos Zambrano is anywhere from a number one to a number seven yep. starter. So it all depends on where his mind's right. So mm-hmm. if he's actually angry but in control, he's a number one. All right. Of course, you got Ozzie Guillen managing the team, so all kinds of storylines there. Jose, Jose Reyes, you are a friend of mine. Jose Reyes, now a member of the Florida Marlin, playing shortstop, Hanley Ramirez, over a third, kind of our, it's not quite the Miami Heat, but they're somewhat of a rock star team with all those personalities picked up. So they absolutely are. And if you think about all the crazy stories that you got going on here, you know, two years ago, Hanley Ramirez was the best shortstop in the game of baseball. Mm-hmm. Now he's being moved to third base. You know what I mean? Because they signed, the, if you would have, a couple years ago, you, if you would have said that, oh yeah, the Marlins are going to sign someone for 56 million, another guy for 110 million. Uh, take another guy off the cup's hands that's uh, $36 million left on his contract. He'd be like, no way would they ever do it. The Marlins don't have any money. Mm-hmm. Now they're spending like the freaking Red Sox. So. <laughs> really? Do we I mean, have uh, do, any idea who the St. Louis Cardinals started? Chris Carpenter is injured. Uh, Adam Wainwright? Well, well, coach, Ad, it's got to be Adam Wainwright. He's got to be the number not one. Not Kyle, Kyle yeah. Loesch. I don't think they're going to go with a, a Kyle Loesch okay. or a McLennan or any of those or a Jaime Garcia. There's, mm-hmm. I think they're going with their number one guy, Adam Wainwright, who won 20 Ooh. games last year. Uh, wait a minute, last year? Yeah, Wainwright won 20 games last year. I thought Wainwright was injured the entire season last year. Oh, that was the year before. Yeah, yeah. that's that's why I had a little sure. pause. Are they going to start the guy who's been out for that long of a time? But uh, we'll see. We'll check the pitching matchups. Maybe it uh, – I would imagine – yeah. He's supposed to be fully strong and fully healthy, Coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's I, he's in their starting rotation. So I'm assuming he's got to be their number one starter. Okay. All right. Again, you're right. He's coming off, he's coming off a blown-out elbow. So. Mm-hmm. It's a baseball prediction from the big dog today. Doing a little bit of homework yesterday. 888-463-6748. If you are a baseball fan, you want to check in, talk about your Favorite team, you got any questions for the big dog? You want to make some predictions along with us? Love to talk some baseball on our baseball preview show today. Again, our phone number 888-463-6748. Got some great trivia questions for you, big dog. I don't have to ask you if you're up for them. I know when it comes to baseball trivia, that's probably your second greatest thrill in life. Uh, it possibly could be my first, depending <laughs> on, you know, exactly where I'm at in life at the time. <laughs> Uh, Sometimes you got to lie to yourself. Yeah, you know, I left an opening there, but they, I didn't. I didn't want to, you know, over overrate it too much. But they are these are provided to us, by the way, by conservative, pugnant, but huge baseball fan, Mister George Will. Oh, really? So these ought to be good. Yes, these are good. That guy is, knows baseball unlike anybody that is not like a baseball analyst. Yep. And there's this thing called uh, heart and soul the story of the Chicago Cup fans that Channel 11 has been playing. George Will, without question, everybody says a lot of really cool stuff in there, these Cup fans, about what it is to be a Cup fan. I don't think anybody sums it up as eloquently, the the pain and suffering, what it is to be a Cup fan, as George Will did yeah. during this. I mean, it was it's a really good show. you got to watch it, Coach. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's awfully good. And uh, outside, you know, outside of my sixth grade, no, fifth grade teacher, Mrs. Ostrom, nobody... Uh-huh. Nobody can tip their wire rim glasses and peer over and intimidate you in a quiet way, like a George Will. I'd put Mrs. Ostrom first, George Will second. You know that look, that professorial look he gives you when he tips the head and the glasses a bit? Uh-huh. Yeah. 
It gives you that mental inferiority complex. Uh, well, I, I don't know about that, Coach. I don't think he's that uh, that smart. I mean, he's a, he's a really, really smart man. I, I don't see him well, as being like that pompous. Might not be, but it, I didn't say he didn't have to say anything. It was it's the aura, it's the look, it's the presence upon which you do it, Mrs. Ostrom. Was not a large lady, big dog, but she would have, and she did strike fear in the hearts of even the toughest fifth grade boys, including, I'm sure, yourself, if you would have been lucky enough to go to Skokie School and been in Miss Ostrom's class. You, you never read any George Wolf stuff, did you? Just, oh, uh, he's, he's Republican, so I don't like him, so you just don't, didn't read him as far. Because no. that dude, half of it, I swear, he, oh, he rips himself more than any writer ever, so mm-hmm. as soon as you would read him, you would, Definitely not see him as intimidating anymore. Yeah. As just a normal, average, ordinary guy, I tell you. Would see him. I don't know if he comes across. I don't know if I quite agree with that analysis. I think he's a little stronger than that. I used to read him a fair amount. I have to admit, of late, not so much. I don't, he used to be in Time Magazine, right? Or because, but he's not. Uh, Washington Post. I thought for like that's how I always remembered him. Mm-hmm. He had like the Sun Times article mm-hmm. in the Tribune. From the Washington Post every uh, every month or Sunday morning. But at any rate, we'll uh, have some trivia questions via Mr. Will, a great baseball fans. We'll throw those out to the big dog coming up in just a little bit. By the way, I got to read you the projected starting lineup for the Florida Marlins, just to give you an indication where, um, in most, well, not football so much, but uh, you know, the American-born player in American-born sports is becoming less and less. I mean, baseball yeah, uh, is America's sport, right? Uh, it is. And I, I, I think I can name their starting lineup. I can't think who their catcher is. I'm sure I, I, I would get it. All right, throw me but some of the, uh, throw me some of the names because most of them are from the deep south and I'm not talking Alabama. Hanley Ramirez at third, Jose Reyes at, uh, short, Emilio Bonifacio at second, who's God a bless you. Dan Ogla. Uh, first base, I, I totally, I love his name, coach. I'll, I'll get it. Logan Morrison is out in left field. Wow. Um, does, I, I'll, I'll think of the first baseman. It's not, Jorge Cantu isn't there anymore. The guy who replaced Jorge Cantu. Oh, this is driving me crazy. I know they, they got first base. Out. Yeah. Gabby Sanchez. Gabby, I knew that. I knew that. And Gabby Sanchez replaced Jorge Cantu. I should have got that. Gabby Sanchez is going to hit 280 with 25 home runs, which is a really good season. But for a first baseman, that means he's one of the worst first mm-hmm. basemen in all of baseball. Yeah. First baseman around the league is absolutely loaded right now. So. You had him at 280. I ran my numbers yesterday. I had him projected out of 278 via my uh, numbering system, Big Dog. I'll take that, Coach. I'm, I'm with you on that. <laughs> I, Omar, I Omar Infante at second base. Giancarlo Stanton in right field. And then somehow John Buck. Snuck into the lineup at catcher. Don't forget their manager is Ozzie Guillen. So once again, the Dominican Republic strong in Major League yeah. Baseball, particularly with this Miami uh, Marlins team. Uh, their their catcher is brand new because uh, John Buck came over from the uh, the what do you call it, the Blue Jays because mm-hmm. uh, Jay Pierre and CB is going to be awesome. So they got rid of John Buck. That's oh, a so nice John Buck is not the catcher anymore. No, of the Marlins he is. Oh, okay. He came over from the Blue Jays. Ah, gotcha. And uh, and uh, you know who Giancarlo Stanton is, right, Coach? Not particularly, no. Well, last year he was Mike Stanton, and he figured being six foot five, <laughs> you know, like olive color skin in yeah. Miami, okay, and being a millionaire baseball player, he wasn't getting enough, so he yeah. changed his name to Giancarlo. It's not a Giancarlo bad move. Stanton. Not a bad move. How, how's, how's that working for him so far? 
It's, it's doing extremely well because he hasn't <laughs> hit a lick in spring training. The guy uh-huh. should be hitting 50 home runs this year. He is, honestly, Coach, the most powerful. The guy who can hit the ball the furthest in baseball is either Nelson Cruz or Giancarlo Stanton. Seriously, mm-hmm. that's how powerful. He can hit 50 home runs on accident. Big Dog is on his game, David Olson. I told him to do a little bit of homework, either his... General memory or knowledge is just unconscionable. Or you actually did some homework for you to uh, pull out. I mean, I can honestly say I've never heard of Gia Carlos Stanton. You never heard of Mike Stanton, the guy that was Mike Stanton last season. Well, the I thought you were. Had, he didn't really change his name, please. Yeah, he did. He changed it to Giancarlo Stanton. I thought you were joking about that. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. Uh, and uh, David, Dave did you think he was joking or for real? David's not sure. No, no, no. David is absolutely 100% for real because David, when I was like, why did he change it to Giancarlo Stanton? Uh, David said to me last week, hold on a second, you better be quiet. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I got, I got a, per, I got a $10,000 purse dog in, in the house right now. Uh, and that's $10,000 because that's what Lily that I like uh, paid for. That's what the medical bill so far has that, been. Get that purse dog away from me. You know, I don't I, like those little things. I don't I, like. I think. I, I actually, I think it has diabetes. I have to inject it a couple to me, times. It's, it's, it's crazy. Coach. Without, without insulting Lily the Lilac too much, if you're going to have a purse dog, you might as well have a cat. Why have a dog at all? No, no, no. This dog is much better than a cat. Ah, this dog is awesome. I don't like okay. purse dogs. Yes, David. Oh. Well, well, David let me know last week that don't forget there's another Mike Stanton in baseball, and he was sick about being confused with a horrible middle reliever. <laughs> so he just changed his name to Giancarlo. <laughs> Oh, goodness. The fact that you knew right off the top of your head that Logan Morrison, another guy I've never heard of, was the left fielder of the Florida Marlins, a team I just threw at you. Your baseball knowledge is unbelievable, Big Doug. Off well, the charts. Well, I, I knew all the guys coming back from last season besides Gabby Sanchez, mm-hmm. and I should have got that. I should have got that. that all right, let's, let's see what the Big Dog is here. Give me the Atlanta Braves, some of the players in this year's Atlanta Brave Projected starting lineup. Nothing more exciting in sports than projected starting lineups. Uh, well, I, I, the best first baseman and best rookie first baseman in baseball last year was not Eric Hosmer of the Royals. It was Freddie Freeman of the Braves. This kid is awesome. Everybody thinks their right fielder, Jason Hayward, is the star of the future, and he could be, Coach. I'm not writing him off yet, but Freddie Freeman is a no-doubter layup. He's going to be better than the, the, the right fielder, Jason Hayward. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Ugly at second, that guy is, is if, if When he makes contact, he's awesome. And then at shortstop, they have Alex Gonzalez. And it's not the Alex Gonzalez that made the key error for the Cubs. It's the other Alex Gonzalez who's going to hit 240 with 20 home runs this year and possibly win a gold glove for the Braves. According to our baseball preview here, we have Tyler Pastornicki at shortstop. Oh, they're going to start him over Gonzalez? I don't even see. Are you sure Gonzalez is still a member of the Atlanta Braves? Uh, I, I, I don't see why they would get rid of him. Or is he playing for the... Well, it's not the same Alex Gonzalez that played for the Reds last, last year. Last name is Gonzalez. They might have been picked up by the Miami Marlins. They probably traded John Buck for him while we weren't watching. Yeah, that, that maybe that, that's possible. Yeah, okay. the catcher but might be uh, might be one of the best catchers in all of baseball. Big deal for the Braves. Uh, Brian McCann is. If you can draft him, if you're in one of those uh, fantasy leagues, you want to get him. This guy never gets hurt. He's going to hit. 290 with 25 home runs, and I swear every one of his hits are a clutch hit. Yep. That guy's a really, really tough off. And he looks like play. he should be either setting up electrical lines or unloading kegs of beer off a beer distribution truck. Yeah, 
he could do both. The guy's the guy's pretty strong. Now the, the Braves have a bunch of young pitching, like Tommy Hansen and all those guys. They have the Kimbrel and Johnny Ventures in their bullpen are ridiculous. How do you know this and stuff? I, and I guess the story of this season is the the goodbyes who are a Chipper Jones. Yeah, I was going to say at third base. I'm not sure I've heard of this guy. What's his name? Uh, Lawrence Peter Jones. <laughs> so has he announced this is his final year, Chip? Yeah, he uh, he okay. he said uh, he said I, I don't want to answer questions all year, and he's like, please don't turn it into a farewell tour. Yep. But yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm done. I'm gonna I'm gonna appreciate baseball and get it done this season. Cool so. guy, cool guy, class act. I did see one little uh, little questionnaire in the Chicago Tribune. They usually do a little two reporter questionnaire on just various sports topics. And a couple of days ago was uh, it was you know is Chipper Jones a first ballot Hall of Famer, both the reporters basically said, why not? They listed off his stats as much as I like Chipper Jones, and I do think he's a Hall of Famer. Big Dog, would you agree with me? He's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, that's that's Mickey Mantle and Babe Ruth territory. Uh, yeah, you're, it's a very small percentage get into the, the first ballot, and I, I don't think he's a first ballot. I would, he'd be a second ballot guy for me, honestly. Mm-hmm. That's how I would vote uh, Chipper Jones in. But I want to tell you this, this. When I grew up, you would hear, oh, he's the number one overall pick. Oh, Bill Alden, big and strong, and he could run. Oh, he's horrible. All these all these number one picks were absolutely horrible around baseball for a lot of years. And then all of a sudden, Chipper Jones, Chipper Jones comes around, and it's like the, like the first time in years besides Ken Griffey Jr. that the number one overall pick was actually as good as he thought he was going to be. That hardly ever happened in baseball. Mm-hmm. He was picked number one. A couple of years later, blows his knee out. Then the next year, he's the rookie of the year. And it's like he didn't even get any better. It's like, seriously, Chipper Jones was as good in 1995 mm-hmm. as he was as he is this year, if you understand what I'm saying, Coach. It's always like he always was a grizzled veteran. Yep. Definitely a Hall of Famer, but not first foul. Big dog all juiced up. You can tell it. Baseball season begins tonight. Cubs open up tomorrow. Speaking of opening day, I think we have confirmation, David Olson, this year man will will be at Wrigley Field. Now, if you want to see him get there early, because come game time, he's going to fly away and go watch the game. But between 11 o'clock and the tip-off time at 1.20, by the way, uh, big dog Bill Murray. Bill Murray will be throwing out the first ball. We had possibly antithesized, if I could use that word. It's not really the correct word, but to hell with all you. I'm going to use it anyways. We had antithesized that maybe he'd be a member of the Ron Santo family throwing that out the first ball. I would, would think so. Sense. That would make some sense, but yeah. uh, whatever. Well, they'll probably uh, pick pick a you know a Ron Santo day and have that done. But at any rate, Bill Murray throwing out the first ball, and this year, man, will be uh, not inside the park, but wandering around outside the park, the bars, Clark, Addison, Sheffield, and if he gets really crazy, he might even venture out to Waveland. Uh, well, I, I go out to Waveland, but there's no bars on Waveland. There's a lot of groping on Waveland, though. Yeah, this is true. There's there's, there's plenty uh, of groping and. Uh, but trust me, I'll, I'll take the groping on Waveland as uh, opposed to the groping on Halstead. Well, not really. Because the groping on Halstead, at least it's more heartfelt. There's some <laughs> feeling behind it. There's some meaning behind it. The groping on Waveland is, you know, it's just very, very um, epithelial. It's very surface. <laughs> I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. But if you get groped on Halstead, Big Dog, they usually mean it. Yes, I would. I'll have to agree with you on that one. <laughs> All 
All right, 888-463-6748, very exciting. I will be out there, by the way, helping to uh, – I'll be at a distance. I don't want to get too close, but I'll be helping a combination security, publicist, and mental support for this year, man. You're going to need to bring a camera, too. I'm not good with the camera. You know, I got the cell phone thing. I could do that, but I don't know. Is it an HD cell phone? I'm not sure. It's, an, it's a how iPhone. Many, how- Oh, it's an iPhone? iPhone oh, that's good enough. 3G. That's good enough. Yeah. That's, right. that's, that's fine. Yeah. I'll take some. I don't need to take, but they'll be tough. Based on the last time I went with this year, man, every girl and a couple of guys uh, all wanted their picture taken with this year, man. There'll be pictures all over the Internet. Uh, well, uh, well, hopefully. So you're handing out to this year, man, a post on this year, man, at Facebook. We're yes. building a following. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's Fair. good. Like Very it. exciting. Cubs opening day tomorrow. We got Cardinals and Marlins going today. Got some trivia questions for the big dog. Of course, uh, real quick, we should mention women's basketball championship last night. Big dog, don't want to forget that story. They finished 40 in 0, similar to Kentucky. They started out the favorite. They finished the favorite. Congratulations to the Baylor Bears and Kim Mulkey and Brittany Griner, their uh, star player. Uh, Kim Mulkey. The head coach of the uh, Baylor Bears, extremely easy to like, is the only way I can describe her. I mean, she really seems to care about her players. She'll discipline yep. them, tell them when they're wrong. And also, I mean, just seems to, like, you know, tell them, you know, to pat them on the back at the right time, too. Mm-hmm. Just a really, really easy uh, coach to like, and I'm glad she got her Very intense. Message. Very, Bad. very intense. I still go the way of a Muffet McGraw, personally, the, uh-huh. no- the Notre Dame coach, but uh, – Kim Mulkey, very, very intense. Brittany Griner, by the way, talking about coming up big in the big games. 26 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists, and big dunk. She's only a junior. She'll be back next year because in women's basketball, they don't jump to the pros because they get paid more in college than they do in the pros. No, Candace Parker, she jumped early, Coach. She did. Yes. She did. So uh, you're right. It's a possibility, but most likely she'll come back. Her next uniform, it isn't guaranteed yet, but if she isn't the the one spot that Gino Ariama has left open on the 2012 Women's Olympic basketball team, mm-hmm. I would be shocked because Gino Ariama left one spot open and they asked him, who's it for? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, <laughs> we, we still, I still need another player. I don't know. Maybe I need somebody who is freakishly long and athletic and can dunk and block shots. I'm not sure really who I'm going to take, and everybody laughs. Basically, like, the best player in the world has a uh, spot waiting for him in the U.S. Women's Olympic team. That's mm-hmm. pretty cool. All right. So congratulations to Baylor. College basketball officially coming to an end yesterday. Very, very sad, Big Dunk, because both you and me love the sports so much, but the sadness is uh, quite easily healed. By the uh, coming of the baseball season, and again, we talked about it's one of the great things about sports. One season ends, another starts. One event ends, another one is coming up. And we do got uh, opening day today. Very, very exciting for a baseball. You going to be watching? Um, I know tomorrow's game. You'll be watching. How about tonight? Uh, absolutely, I'll be watching. Uh, I'll be watching uh, baseball all night tonight. Mm-hmm. My, I have my whole day planned out. So I, I'm going to, you know, here's the thing. I don't know if I have a virus on my computer, so I'm afraid to turn it on. And I have to do a lot of work on my This Year Man stuff, yet I really can't even go on the computer right now. This is uh, not good, Coach. I'm not happy about this whatsoever. Mm. Uh, but uh, uh, whatever. If there is so a I don't know what com- I'm going to do. I, I, my whole day was planned out. I was going to get a bunch of work done 
hopefully connect thisyearman.com to my to WordPress and all this. And I wrote a bunch of blogs yesterday that have nothing to do with baseball. It's just like getting goals accomplished this year, man. So uh, I don't know what I'm going to do now, Coach. I was going to work all day long and then work out and watch baseball mm-hmm. and have like an emotional moment. And then <laughs> I don't know. I have no computer. I have nothing. I'm out like in the middle of nowhere. I don't know what I'm going to do, Coach. How do you know it's a virus on the computer? No, just the way I described it to somebody, they're like, you can't even turn it on. They're like, if you oh, turn boy. that thing on, I was like, oh, no. Oh, oh no. So I don't, it might totally be fine. And I could waste a total day of working on it, or I could lose everything on my computer. I'm Ouch. not sure what to do right now. Ouch. It is somewhat depressing. As great a tool as the computer is, it is somewhat depressing uh, more and more how we become dependent on it. And maybe depressing is not even, though maybe a better word is scary. How much we become dependent on it when the damn thing doesn't work. It really, I don't want to say it renders your work life, social life useless, but it it certainly puts a crink in the armor as you experience it, Big Dutch. One of the problems with technology, we've become way too dependent on the uh, computer. You know, I was, I, I was researching stuff on how to lose weight. Not how to lose weight, but like diets or stuff. And I was tr- trying to explain in this that going on diets makes you fatter in the long run, and it's not healthy. What everybody needs to do is do a lifestyle, a lifestyle change, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's some research. The next thing I know, there's like a click. You know, get hot Thai girls to like you. So I clicked on it, Coach. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Hot Thai girls. Next thing I know, my whole computer started erupting, and it wasn't good. That, whatever you do, don't click on that link, Coach. <laughs> whatever you do, if you see it, come up. I will write that down and make a note of that. You might be too late, though. 888-463-6748, dog and a coach. Big dog, you want to make your uh, predictions? Give me a, or do you want to do the trivia first? I'll let you uh, take a shot. I do got some trivia questions for you. Or we well, can... the, the trivia questions will be good now because they're George Will questions, and they might be ones that you have to figure out, so I'll have to think about them, and we can let our callers call in at 888-463-6748 and answer the ones that I can't. We might not get to all of them, but these are some good ones. Question one, uh, this man hit the most home runs in the 1960s, the decade of the 60s. Well, you would have to play the whole decade, and the answer for that is it, it would have to be between Aaron, Mays, or Frank Robinson, they play, or even Hillebrook. Hillebrook. They oh, play the whole- nicely done, Big Dog. There you go. Nicely done. Harmon Killebrew sneaking in. Not many people would have even thought of that, but you came up with a very good Harmon Killebrew. I would never have guessed that. In 2011, he joined Hank Aaron, Brooks Robinson, and Pete Rose as the only players to appear in at least 140 games, 16 consecutive seasons. You'll never get this. In 2011, Uh he joined Aaron, Robinson, and Pete Rose as the only players to appear in 140 games, 16 consecutive years. If you get this, I'm walking off the show. So that would be 1995 to 2011. Uh, oh, I, 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 can, I know I can get this, Coach. That's it's got to be... That's pretty hard. I mean, there's so many potential candidates. Well, it's a guy that was still playing baseball last year, and he had to be playing in 1995. Yeah. yeah. There's not that many potential candidates because, like, Derek Jeter didn't start until 1996. Okay. You know, I mean, it's uh, 
Let me think about that. I won't look All it right. on my hand because I'm on the computer. I'll say this. This, this guy, I would never have thought that he'd been playing 16 years. I think of him as much younger. Uh, that's the only hint I can give you. Uh, I'm going to skip him. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, what you think about somebody's age is not going to help you too much. How about this gentleman played for the Boston Braves, the Milwaukee Braves, and the Atlanta Braves? Uh, I might have got this, actually. One of my favorite players. Uh, Boston Braves, Milwaukee Braves, and for a brief cup of coffee with the Atlanta Braves. Well, I don't know if Warren Spahn, did Warren Spahn ever make it to the Atlanta Braves? He was done by the time they moved. Not okay. Warren Spahn. Um, Big dog should get Eddie this. Matthew. Yes, it is. Is Eddie Matthews was old enough to play in the Boston Braves? Eddie Matthews. Holy cow! I didn't know. I didn't know he was old enough I, to play in the Boston Braves. I would have guessed crazy. Boston Braves and Milwaukee Braves. I would have not guessed that he played for the Atlanta Braves. Well, they moved to Atlanta in what '66, Coach. Sounds good. '65. Okay. So. All right. This gentleman had the most hits in the 1990s, the decade of the 90s. That would be uh, Mark Gray. Woo! Chicago's most, very own. Most doubles, too. Do you know who came in second place in the 1990s for most hits and most doubles? Sandberg. Rafael Palmero. Wow. But Palmero had 200 more home runs during that time than uh, Mark Grace, but Mark Grace had 200 more girlfriends. <laughs> this gentleman holds the Major League Baseball record for hitting into double plays. Uh, Hank Aaron. No. The all-time most hit the most double plays. He is of stature like a Hank Aaron. He's a great player, but he is the career leader in hitting in a double plays. Oh, well, but wasn't uh, Hank Aaron, I bet you, was in second place because he has a lot. So um, I'm going to go with Willie Mays. Nope. Think lighter skin. Pete Rose. Nope. Wow. Uh, Stan Usual. Cal Ripken. I should have totally got that. I knew that, and he passed Hank Aaron's record. I should have got that, Coach. I'm that's that's one. I, any all-time record I should get, I'm embarrassed I did not get that. This gentleman hit three twenty-two. He had forty-two homers, a hundred and twenty-nine RBIs in nineteen seventy. And a three thirty batting, three thirty three thirty seven homers, one hundred and twenty two RBIs in seventy two, but both years he finished second to Johnny Bench. I think I, in the MVP voting, I think I might know who this is. Uh, yeah, Johnny Bench is oh, one nope. two. There. I guess wrong. Okay, what do you think? Um, early seventies in the National League that had awesome uh, that high of averages in the. And home runs. Yep. Billy Williams never had. Oh, a nice. That's it. it? Billy Williams. Sweet swinging Billy Williams. <laughs> yeah. I would have yeah. never get. My guess was going to be fellow Johnny Ben's teammate Tony Perez. Yeah, he had a couple big years. He did have a, but yeah, I don't a couple know if he of real big a, years. He had a big RBI years, coach, but he he always hit like twenty seven home runs. But I could care less. He drove in one hundred and twenty five every yep. season. Well, he was an yeah. R, RBI machine, Tony. A big Excellent. part of the big red machine. It was underrated just because he didn't hit a lot of homers. All he did was drive in runs every time mm-hmm. he threw the cape to the ballpark. This gentleman has the most career hits. This is a good question here. 
most career hits for a player that never won a batting title? Good question. That's a great question. Great question. Uh, just let's throw it out there, coaches. Does he have more than 3,000 hits? Uh, it does not give me the number. I think that Oh, you he... know what? He must. He must. Because I know yeah. one thing. Ricky Henderson never won a batting title, and he has over 3,000 hits. Yep, not him. Okay, so the guy has to have over 3,000 hits. Okay. Um, Hall of Famer, he... longtime player. Not sexy, but very, very consistent throughout his entire career. Uh, uh, oh, this oh, man, it's got to be Eddie Collins. No, so you wouldn't even you wouldn't know Eddie Collins. More, so more, had, more uh, modern, more modern. Paul Molitor. No, big dog. Pulling Paul Molitor out. You're not looking on your. Uh, you're not. No, no, I just had, I was going right. through the 3,000 hit guys in okay. my head. Very That's nice. That's what I was doing, and then I realized Paul Molitor never won a batting title. Very he nice. Yeah, he hit 320 every year, so he never mm-hmm. won a batting title. You know, he, he always finished fourth every season. Nicely done, Paulie Molitor. A couple of more, and then we'll move on to some baseball predictions. You want to join us here with your baseball thoughts, preview, predictions, questions, analysis, thoughts for the big dog, anything in your baseball mind. We are right here for you today on the Two guys at a Mike Show baseball preview show, 888-463-6748 is our phone number. Final one for you, Big Dog. He is the only pitcher to hurl a shutout in four consecutive decades. Another great question. That is a great question. Uh, four consecutive decades. Uh, well, uh, I'm not saying that this is a guy. Let me think about it for one second because... The first guy to ever pitch in four decades was Jim Pott. He pitched in the 50s he, from, like, 59 to 82, but he was a reliever in 59, so mm-hmm. I don't think he could have been a – he could have got a shutout. Boy. I mean, I there's, there's not that many pitchers that have started games in four consecutive decades. got to be a pretty small number of candidates. Yeah, exactly. that's exactly right, because Jim Pott was the first one, Coach, mm-hmm. and he so it had to have been somebody, like, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, or, or like that. So it could have been. Don't overthink this. It's right there for you. Uh, I bet you, I bet it is. Uh, it's probably like a knuckleballer. Nope. Um, Think more modern day. Randy Johnson. Nope. Jamie Moyer. That's the guy. Oh, yeah, it is. That is that's a great yep. one. That's yep. a great one. 49, and he's back uh, as a starting pitcher this year, right? 49 years yep. old, Jamie Moyer. The reason why I thought of him, because we were talking about him last week. Mm-hmm. He, he made the rotation, coach, of the Colorado Rockies. Wow. So if you're out there and you're, I'm too young, I'm too old exercise, it's too late for me. No, it'll be too late when you're dead, I promise you that much. But <laughs> get off the get off the couch and walk around the block, play a little catch with your son or something. I you're 49 years old and can make a starting rotation in Major League Baseball. There's not an excuse for anybody to at least get up off the couch and exercise a little bit. Mm-hmm. And remember, he started his career originally with the Chicago Cub, who <laughs> traded him away thinking he really didn't have that much potential. Not that he ever became a superstar, but he certainly became a pretty good pitcher and longevity amongst the best that have ever played the game. I think the Cubs could have used a left-handed starter that was going to go 15 and 12 every season over the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. They could have used that. Because yep. by now they'd be 
60 games over 500. He's at least 60 games over 500 in his career. I do. He was traded in the 80s from the Cubs with uh, Rafael Palmeiro for Mitch Williams. That was basically the deal. Rafael Palmeiro and Jamie Moyer go to the Rangers, and the Cubs got Mitch Williams. The wild Mitch Williams thing. had one great season with the Cubs and nothing else. I mean, and think about how good Moyer and Palmeiro have been. Yep. You know, and, and, and Coach. Well, that's the, very similar to the Rick Sutcliffe for Joe Carter trade. We got one great season out of Rick Sutcliffe. Almost. No, we didn't. What? No, we didn't. You, coach, you, uh, sometimes Rick Sutcliffe should have won the Cy Young for the Cubs in 87. Okay. 1989, he pitched 200 innings for a division winner in more than one good year with the Chicago Cubs. Okay. That's th- three great seasons with the Chicago Cubs, I will say. I'll still How take Joe that? Carter over him. Uh, but how many left fielders have the Cubs had that could hit uh, 25 home runs and drive in 100? Yeah, well, one of the differences, Joe Carter plays every day. Rick Sutcliffe once out of every four or five games. There's Sutcliffe. no way, there is no way if Joe Carter is on the 84 Cubs and Rick Sutcliffe is not that they win the division and the same with the 1989 yeah. team. I don't know about no 89. Way. That was a smart trade. A real I smart would, trade. I would in disagree 89? with you. It was not a smart trade. I will say in 84, he went, what, like 16 and 1 in 84? He was unconscious, and they wouldn't have done it. 89, if they had Joe Carter and another pitcher pitching instead of Rick Sutcliffe, they might have gone all the way with jumping Joe Carter. No, in, in 1989, Joe Carter was, was not as good of a hitter as Dwight Smith and Lloyd McClendon were for the Chicago Cubs playing left field. They were under, that platoon that year was ridiculous. It was unreal. That was one of the. That was probably the best platoon the Cubs have ever had. And Rick Sutcliffe had a number number one season as a pitcher for the Cubs that season. Mm-hmm. The fact that, mean, you, it, that you can remember in 1989 that Dwight Smith and Lloyd McClendon were our two left fielders. That's impressive unto itself. Well, Jerome Walton was in center. Andre Dawson was in right. You had Mark Grace, Ryan Sandberg, Sean Dunstan, Vance Law. And then the catchers were a rotation of Rick Rona and Damon Berryhill. And Joe Girardi, <laughs> don't forget, Joe Girardi played on that 89 oh, team. Man. Your, your, your knowledge of baseball, Big Dog, your, your recall. Your recall is absolutely scary, but very, very impressive. All right, now, uh, speaking of impressive, this won't take recall, but this will take the opposite of recall. This will take pro call. You are going to need to look ahead, my friend. Give us some forethought. And tell us uh, via feeling, via instinct, via inspiration, or God forbid, actual baseball intelligence. Who do you think is going to be standing at the end of the year? Maybe an MVP candidate or a surprise pitcher, some per- surprise performances. But primarily, who are going to be our um, division winners and World Series champs? Uh, yeah, I, I've, I've gone through this and I've actually thought about it last week. I, I went over all of them and I, and, uh, I, I haven't changed much. The American League, I'm going to go with the favorites. What? And in the National League, there are no favorites. Mm-hmm. There are none. I don't care what anybody says. There's no favorites in the National League. Whoever wins the American League, unless it's the Phillies who win the National League, and, and all of a sudden Ryan Howard and Chase Utley are healthy, the, the American League is going to be a huge favorite mm-hmm. in the World Series this year. In the National League, I have the Braves win in the East. Okay. The Cubs win in the Central. What? And who, look at the Central. It's horrible. Cubs. Dude, Coach, if you're gonna if you're gonna poo poo me saying the Cubs are gonna win, and why why don't you tell me one good team in in the National League Central? Tell me one. They all suck. 
Okay. That's a six-team <laughs> division that could possibly all have all the teams finish below 500. Cincinnati Reds, Milwaukee Brewers. The, the Milwaukee Brewers have Zach Greinke and Ryan Braun and nothing else. What about Giovanni Gallardo? Uh, well, he'll do his typical disappear in the middle of the season with some sort of a lower body injury. <laughs> do they actually have that in the calendar for the Milwaukee Brewers? It's like, you know, a set date when the lower body injury will happen? Yes, they do. It's, it's, it's somewhere it's going to yeah. be in mid-June sometime. I think, it, they're it actually, I think I saw on the calendar, they're actually going to, David, they're going to have Giovanni Gallardo lower body bobblehead day where you just get the lower part of the body and then you can paint in your own injury. You know, that's not a bad bobblehead that would rotate at the hips instead of having the I, head go up and down, Coach. I hope it's the hips. Well, for him, at that, I hope it's the hips. <laughs> well, here's, here's what I predict <laughs> that happens with uh, with uh, Ryan, I didn't do it, Braun, okay? Yeah. First, of, first and foremost, he doesn't have uh, the RBI machine, Prince Fielder, protecting him anymore. So it's going to be a lovely, he's going to get pitched around because Corey Hart doesn't scare you like Prince Fielder does. I don't care what anybody says. Mm-hmm. And so he's not going to have a lot of pitches to hit. I don't forget you know, Ramos Ramirez is taking over for oh, yeah, Prince Fielder. Right. He can put up some pretty good numbers, too. And, and Ramos Ramirez is in a contract year because it's basically a one. No, they get, did he have a one-year deal with the Brewers, or is it a, not if sure. it's a one-year deal with the Brewers, he's going to have an awesome year. I know he was and, quoted to Ramos Ramirez as saying, it's my team now, now shut up and leave me alone. That was the quote from Ramos Ramirez. Okay, well, that's that's pretty much the first time he's ever said anything of leadership in his life. So I would actually, most other people would be like, I can't believe he's saying that. I'd be like, well, I can't believe he's actually saying something so productive. So, <laughs> I don't know how productive that would be, but that's, I, I mean, that's, that's, you, you're going to pick the Cubs over Richie Weeks, Niger Morgan, Ryan Braun, Aramis Ramirez, Corey Hart, and you got Zach Greinke, Gallardo, Sean Markham yep. in the pitching staff. That, that's a bit of a reach, Big Duck. Uh, Coach, I do not like the Brewers. I just don't think they're that good. I don't think the Reds are that good. So uh, I'll be I'll probably be totally wrong. And the Reds and Brewers are awesome. They both win ninety games this year. I just I look at all the teams in the Central, and all of them have so many issues, so many holes that I, the only way the the Brewers or the Reds go. I mean. Honestly, they're the best teams in the league, uh, the division over the Cubs. Mm-hmm. But the only way they can actually win the division in a in a convincing way and not go like 84 and 78 and you're scratching your head being like, this team's going to represent the Central in the playoffs? You know, they're not a playoff team. The only way that happens is if they thoroughly take advantage of how bad the Pirates, the Cubs, and the Astros are. Mm-hmm. Like, like, if the Reds beat the Astros like 17-1 this year, like the Astros usually do to the Pirates, <laughs> and when the Astros would always, they beat the, they beat the Cubs in the division, and the Astros would beat the Cubs out by one game, but they would go sixteen and two versus the Pirates, and the, you know that was the difference of them winning the division. If they do that, they'll have a respectable record. Otherwise, it's going to be like I, the whole National League. I see like this, coach. I really do. I don't see any really strong teams at all in the National League. If you look at the West, the Rockies had. Jamie Moore make their rotation. Okay, let's talk realistic now. They have nobody else in their starting rotation. Their lineup is good. The, the, the Diamondbacks look to be the strongest team in that division. That was the most all-around team. A couple uh, injuries with their pitching staff, but they're done. The Giants have no offense. The Dodgers have two superstars and 23 rookies. 
basically is what they have. <laughs> so it's, you know, I mean, so how can you win with that? Even though Clayton Kershaw, I don't care if you have seven rookies behind him when he's pitching, he's probably going to beat you. I, I just, I just don't like the, the the National League this year is the weakest it's looked at the beginning of the season in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would tend to agree with uh, that aspect of it. I'm not sure I agree with your picks of the Cubs winning it, and then you've got in the America the National League East, you got the Atlanta Braves, which some people, by the way, are picking for like third or fourth. I've seen some predictions where the Nationals and um, Phillies, well, Marlins are all picked over them, but you're picking the Braves to win that division. In the National League East, the Nationals, the Marlins, uh, the Braves, or the Phillies, all four of those teams would be favorites in the Central or the West, if they played in the Central or the West. Interesting. The four best teams in the National League are those four. And I'm thoroughly expecting the two wild card teams to come out of the National League East this okay. year. And and the Mets are losing 100 games this year, Coach. Even though they're only going to be like a 90-loss team, mm-hmm. they're playing four teams thoroughly superior to them, 72 of those games. During that 72-game spot, Against the rest of the National League uh, East, they're like they're going to go <laughs> like twenty. My projections last night had it with ninety-two losses, according to my computer. But that was right before, or I'm sorry, right after I did uh, open up the link that you sent me on the Hot Taiwan Girls. So who knows if that ninety-two is uh, exactly correct? Uh, by the way, Sports Illustrated predicting the Cubs to lose ninety-six games. And the White Sox to lose 95 games. If that happens, dog, big dog will be the worst year, I believe, in Chicago baseball history. I think back in 1948, I think I heard they were uh, close to that bad. But SI, Sports Illustrated, baseball preview show, preview uh, edition. Cubs to lose 96 and the Sox to lose 95. But you're telling our fans you think there's a little hope for optimism for the beloved Cubs. And, and, and you know, I'm not like uh, I, I. I do believe that there's optimism, and I, I don't think they're going to the playoffs. I just think when this year is done, we're all going to be like, you know what, this this team, this organization is going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I, I truly believe that, coach. That in the long run, when this year is done, we're going to be very happy as Cubs. All, right. all right, we got to get moving a little. We got to move a little quicker here. National League West. Who's your pick to win that somewhat subjugated division? That's, it's awfully tough. I, I predicted the Diamondbacks last year as a as a goof, and I was right. Uh, I'd have to say they're the they're the best all around team. I'm going to go with the Dodgers. That's all I'll say. The Dodgers okay. they win the National League. L.A. Dodgers new ownership, Magic Johnson part of that potential. It's not official yet, but potential new ownership. I did uh, have it weird. No, it's official, isn't it? They what? gave they wrote two billion dollar check. Oh, it is official. Yeah, it's, it's okay. two billion dollar purchase price too. All right. So we'll get to see Magic Johnson at the game. He's not the primary owner, but he's in the group and certainly the most high-profile of the bunch. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's a good thing or a bad thing, Big Dog, but I did have a dream about Andre Ethier, the L.A. Dodger outfielder last night. I'm not sure what it was about, but I do remember him popping up right in the middle of one of my dreams. Oh, well, uh, if popping up, that's, he usually pops his hamstring, pops his groin. <laughs> yeah. That guy has popped more muscles than any player in baseball the last couple of years. Uh, he's had two years where he started out the season as hot as any player in the league, and then got hurt. Yep. And it was and it was done. If you remember, he was at Wrigley Field. He was winning the Triple Crown categories, leading them by a wide margin on like June 10th, two years ago. And uh, 
He was walking back during batting practice, wasn't paying attention. Somebody hit a line drive, hit him in his wrist, and messed his wrist up, and he hasn't hit since, Coach. Wow. Wow. But he, is he in the starting lineup this year? Yeah, I'm there. I'm okay. talking. He's like, I'm finally healthy. Mm-hmm. I'll be fine this year. He's like, all the times I said I was okay, I really wasn't. I was right. just being a tough guy. He was one of those things. Quickly, so. over in the American League, I'm assuming in the Central Division, you, like uh, everybody else, believes the Detroit Tigers will have enough to at least win the Central Division. I, I, if you pick anybody else in that division, it's because you're a diehard of that team. Mm-hmm. Honestly, how could okay. you pick anybody else in that division? All right, give me now. The East and the West are stacked, loaded, yeah. a lot of talent. The East... Uh, You've got three legitimate teams, Tampa Bay, the Red Sox, and the Yankees. been that way for a long time. Big Dog, in your projections for this year, and I know we'll have some wild card teams coming out of there, but who wins the division? Um, in the American League West, is going to, I mean, East is going to be a phenomenal division. Because don't forget, the Baltimore Orioles, they're done. Manny McPhail took all the ex-clubs that failed there and brought them to Baltimore to fail, so... They have no chance for a couple of years. <laughs> the Toronto Blue Jays look at their freaking lineup and their pitching staff, Coach. It's awesome. It would win. The Toronto Blue Jays would win the National League Central, the National League West, and possibly the America, the National League East. And they're going to finish in fourth place in the American League East. Mm. And I say this, with the Yankees have a lot of holes. Their lineup is incredible. Their relief pitching is awesome. They have a great number one starter. But if they're really going to trust Michael Pineda, Ivan uh, Nova, I, I don't trust those guys whatsoever. So it's hard for me to pick them. The Red Sox have – the Blue Jays have the most athletic team and they have the best starting staff. Their bullpen is totally up. And every year they lose two great relievers. You, it's, they're not the Pittsburgh Steelers and can lose a DB and a linebacker every single year and replenish them. Or maybe, maybe they are. I don't know. But that's going to be an issue. I think the Red Sox will be so focused for blowing it last year that they will win the, the win the division. It's like that's going to spur them on to win the division. Mm-hmm. But just to let everybody know, Andrew Bailey is having thumb surgery and he's going to be out until probably oh, the break. You're kidding. That's terrible. Who's Andrew Bailey? The closer for the Red Sox. Ah. Okay. And it is, and, of uh, course, the so you're picking them to win the first year post. Theo Epstein. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. All right. So we got Detroit and the Red Sox. I'm assuming the Yankees and Toronto making the wild card uh, over in the American League. Tampa. I got. I. I, You know what? Toronto and Tampa are going to be battling for that last wild card Mm -hmm. spot. I I don't think people realize how loaded the Blue Jays are, and they have done it with. They they overpaid a couple players and basically got rid of them and re- got nothing in return in terms of contracts. But right now, instead of paying Alex Rios $20 million a season to hit 230 and drive in 50 runs and be a bad center fielder, he can do that for the White Sox. So the Blue Jays have – if you look okay. at their roster coach, I would cha- I would chain trade every single player on the Chicago Cubs for the Blue Jays roster right now. You know Escobar, I'm looking at their roster right now. Eric Thames, Jose Jose Bautista, Adam Lind, Edwin Encarnacion, Brett Laurie, Kelly Johnson, Colby Raspas, and J.P. Rensibia at catcher. Yeah, uh, Colby Raspas. The, the, I forgot who the Cardinals traded him for, but they really needed whoever they were whoever they were getting for him. Colby Raspas 
is like a he's going to be a 300 hitter. Adam Wind can flat out hit, and Brett Lowry, coach, um, he would have been the rookie of the year last year if he played the whole season, mm-hmm. but he only played half of it. That guy is awesome. All so right. the Blue Jays are loaded. All right, loaded. Uh, give us a winner in the American League West. There's only two possible teams. The A's are really, really bad. Uh, Brandon McCarthy is their number one starter. I'll sum the A's up that way. And the Mariners don't have anywhere enough offense to contend. So it's a battle between, Sorry. It's a battle between the – oh, yeah, well, he's the, well, if you get a single and steal second and you stay at second for three times a game, that doesn't really do much for run production. Uh, well, Dustin, what I mean, the Mariners and the A's have no chance, but uh, I'm going to say that Angels – Edge out the Rangers and win the division. Mm-hmm. Angels picking up a player. I believe you might have heard of him. I believe his name is Albert, last name Pujols, which could be a little bit of a factor for that Anaheim Angel team. And for the Rangers, they picked up Yu Darvish, who was completely dominant. As they the picked best up the player. garbage? Yep, the Yu Darvish. Oh, Yu Darvish. Uh, I thought you said they picked up the garbage. Okay. You Darvish, who might be might be the best pitcher ever to come out of Japan. Oh, well, at this point, if you look at the stats he had in Japan, he has the best stats ever out of Japan to come over here. The, mm-hmm. His ERA was one point four four last year, and he was like twenty six and two. I mean, it was like ridiculous. He won almost every game he started in Japan last season. So, uh, this is the best pitcher ever come over from Japan in mm-hmm. terms of. His stuff and what he did in Japan. This isn't like Daisuke Matsuzaka, who had a bunch of magic pitches that everyone, you know what I mean? This isn't like that. This guy can throw the fastball past you, coach, which is pretty cool. It's our award-winning baseball preview show. Previous preview shows have won awards. I fully expect Big Dog when we submit the tape of today's one-hour spectacular that will win some kind of radio award out there. You're doing a phenomenal job. I'm not sure what award it will be, but I guarantee you, you'll be up on a stand in about three months remembering back to this show. All right, now, uh, American League champion, you got Detroit, Boston, the Angels, whoever you pick as your wild card in the National League, the Braves, Cubs, and the Dodgers. Uh, give us a prediction, prediction only, who meets in the World Series, and when they meet, who wins? Uh, the easiest way for me to predict a World Series is, like, the most obvious teams in the playoffs. I guess so. I, if I could just predict the Tigers in the World Series, at least, uh, you know, in the middle of August, I, I'll still know that they have a shot to win the World Series because if I say like the Red Sox, they could be buried in fourth place mm-hmm. as the Toronto Blue Jays has the best record in all of Major League Baseball. And I, I'll be like, why didn't I just believe myself when I was talking about how good they're going to be? There are some people that would say that you're just a, a classic case the last 30 seconds of overthinking your prediction. Okay, Coach, well. I'm just saying. Uh, the Braves will win the division. But the Phillies will win the National League. Ah, the wild card Phillies advance to the World Series. The Phillies and the Tigers. Is that a repeat of two years ago? Uh, no, the Phillies and Tigers haven't met. Okay. Uh, in 2006, the Cardinals beat the Tigers, so that kind of looked like it. And in 08, the Phillies beat the Rays. And that's, that's the only time the, mm-hmm. and then the Phillies lost in the World Series in 09. So no, no Phillies and Tigers, uh, World Series, but uh, the idea of Justin Verlander on the mound against Roy Halladay. Wow. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Opening game of the World Series, that would not be bad. I'm going to make a somewhat uh, 
educated assumption that you're going to pick the Detroit Tigers to win the World Series then? It's um, that's, uh, This year, Coach, normally I have a firm belief and all that. I, it's hard for me to pick the Tigers because they're so average defensively, but that team's lineup is incredible. They have a decent middle relief. They've got a great closer right now. At least he's been great the last couple of years. You, who knows? Closers can just fall off the face of the earth. But uh, Papa Verde or Papa Grande, whatever, the big potato. I mean, it seems like every 40, 40 saves every year the last couple of seasons. And last year with the Tigers, he was just flat out great. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go with the Detroit Tigers to win the World Series this mm-hmm. season, 2012 champs. All right. I really have, you know, normally I've got some kind of instinct, some kind of idea. I don't even know if I can make a prediction this year, but uh, Detroit Tigers, not a bad call. Got a little bit of feeling about the Atlanta Braves, just looking through their starting lineup. Cincinnati Reds, Dusty Baker, potential big dog. Somebody, somebody's got to make a breakthrough out of the National League. We'll try to figure out who it is. All right. Great job, big dog. We'll have some more trivia questions for you tomorrow. And again, if people want to see this year, man, even if you don't have tickets to Wrigley, Come on out to Wrigley Field, uh, the, the the Wrigley community area, if you will, the Wrigley neighborhood tomorrow. And this year, man, will be out and about, correct? Yeah, uh, he will be out and about. And everybody, he just stole Joey Votto's wallet. Wow. It's going to be a good time tomorrow. <laughs> All right, Big Dog, we will see you tomorrow. And I think, I don't know if we're going to be on air tomorrow. It might be a repeat show because we'll be down at Wrigley Field. That would probably be the easiest for me coach excellent so we can hear your incorrect baseball predictions uh, for a second consecutive time that will be no problem for everyone <laughs> all right dog have a great day and good luck with the virus no. nothing worse than a computer virus talkzone.com two guys at a mic signing off thank you so much for listening we'll be back at you friday get down to wrigley field and come and visit shake hands or other body parts with this year man have a great day everybody we'll see you friday 10 o'clock be there